Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another Red Shirt Friday edition. Teresa, where is your red shirt? I'm sorry. I have a blue shirt on today. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was Friday. It Sorry. is Friday. Remember, everyone deployed. We are in Tennessee. But Rural Route, Red Shirt or Not, is about connecting rural and urban America, talking about the issues. And Teresa Lucas uh, McMahon and I are in, where are we at? This is Sevierville, Tennessee. I always want to say Seaverville, but it's Sevierville. No, everything in Tennessee is with an O. <laughs> it has to be with an O. That's how people speak down here. Knoxville, not Knoxville. 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 And it's uh, Maryville. There's a Maryville next door. <laughs> we are here with uh, what turns out going to be a couple hundred, maybe even a thousand Tennessee cattlemen. A beautiful place, I guess, but a lot of people come here. Uh, it's quite obvious that people are ready to get back and gather. We saw that on the Arise Tour. People just want to show up and mingle with like-minded folks. Teresa is here with a little organization called Protect the Harvest. What in the world is Protect the Harvest? I think most people at some level, Teresa, have now heard about Protect the Harvest, but really don't know what, what's going on with that. You're the perfect person to give us the the pictorial of what you're doing. Sure. Um in a I guess I should say what we are doing. I'm not distancing myself from my role. Yeah, the easiest way I like to describe it to somebody in one sentence is we are the anti-PETA. That's, that's the easiest way. Um, we try to educate the public on what animal rights extremists are doing to end animal agriculture and animal ownership. Uh, we do that on by educating through social media through other nonprofit organizations that try to push out information like the national um, ag in the classroom through ffa and not only that we also work on a legislative side and also on the legal side when somebody does have an animal seizure or an unconstitutional um issue come up on their farm or their ranch often we're the first people that they call to try to find a path to fixing that one week ago today on this very program a guy from indiana you wouldn't know him named john bolin yeah so john reached out to us uh when he got out of the aspca uh looking for a way to spread the information that he had and wasn't really sure where to start with he had started a twitter account um and was trying to do that but i know he had got a lot of backlash for some of the animal rights groups on there so we kind of guided him and set him up with trent and he's kind of just taken off he's got so much information uh and our hopes are that with his new consulting group that he's starting that we can help support him and push him out to educate other law enforcement officers and just really try to combat what's happening with the National Sheriff's Association right now with them training with the HSUS. And the reason I brought John up, all of the things that Teresa just said, plus we have had a new situation develop in Texas and which another guy named Craig Curry alerted me to and I had on the program uh, Donnie Shelton, who shared with us that there was a family in Goliad County, Texas, who had 138 cows that were seized in the guise of animal neglect, not proper care. But the the neighboring ranchers rallied around this family and did what I've not seen happen anywhere else, other than Gary Dossinger had half of his neighbors helping in Stark County, North Dakota, a few years ago, which you and I worked on that project together as well. But in, until we 
as animal owners, I'm going to go beyond animal owners, Teresa, until we as property rights zealots start standing up for our neighbors when their property rights are eroding, we're going to all be a target. And people have been afraid to stick their neck out and think, oh, if I do say something for Gary Dossinger, they'll come after me next. I got news for you. They're coming after you next no matter what. Yeah, for sure. And that group down in Texas, uh, I opened my email to uh, the Protect the Harvest email, and there was a pile of ranchers all on an email just not sure what to do, um, reaching out to us, trying to figure out what is the first step. They had they had no idea how to handle an animal seizure, and especially in that case, um, a uh, illegal animal seizure. So we got on a call. Craig gave them some insight. We hooked him up with uh, Trent. We found uh, some good contacts for him to work with and give him a few ideas of what the next steps would be for preventing this in the future. So they are working on that. I'm not going to go into too many details because I don't want them to have to deal with uh, somebody trying to head them off at the pass. But that is what everyone that's in one of these situations should be doing. If they have an animal seizure that um, they don't know what to do, they need to contact the right people. And we openly accept anybody uh, to call or email us if they have that sort of case. Um, I'm not saying that we can financially help everyone, but we can try to put people in contact with the people that can help them, Um, whether it be financially or legally or um, if they're trying to change an ordinance or regulation in their county or their city. That's, That's the whole point of our organization is to educate and to help people in those situations. And the only way we're going to stop this is if we can stop it before it happens. So, yes, we want people to contact us when something happens, But more so, we want people to stay informed. We need people to know what their county commissioner's doing. We need people to have a first-name relationship with their their sheriff, um, with their animal control. And they need to know who's on their side and not on their side. I know that most people contact you. They contact me wanting us to fix the problem. But what you just walked through is the best fix. And it's not that we're going to come in and say, hey, here's the blueprint, A, B, C, and D, and this will all be fixed. It is coordinating and developing the right contacts locally, having the network of people that can come in and do what it is that they do best to make a difference. Because if we don't go with that approach, we'll never really provide the cure. And that's what we need to do is get in front of all of these and let people know that the animal rights organizations are just pilfering money for profit from the public and we need to expose them for what they're really doing. But there's no quick fix. It's going to take a process to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, And education is the first step. Um, Most people look at animal rights organizations and just think that they're here to help. They want to protect the animals. And that that is the complete opposite. Um, If it was up to them, and they've stated this publicly multiple times, many people from those groups have stated that they would like uh, cattle and any other domesticated breeds of animals um, or species to actually go extinct rather than be owned by people. Um, I know we've got a recent set of articles put together by um, our director of communications, Karen Gerfin. She's done a great job at really diving into the idea and the almost religion that veganism and animal rights are. Uh, they, they truly are a cult-like um, a movement, I guess you would call it, um, in that they do not let people in unless they believe a certain thing, and you are uh, required to believe that animals are slaves. And 
that when you when you get that mindset of an animal is being owned as a slave and a human just for owning that animal is doing something immoral you will do about anything to try to protect that being and they just it it has been brainwashed into them to think this way and you can't just go up to these people and try to talk to them about animal agriculture or pet breeding or you know biomedical research they 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 cannot wrap their mind around it because it would be like talking to somebody who believes that human beings shouldn't be owned um so 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 so, i'm sorry to interrupt teresa but so many of the things that we're dealing with today in society i saw 20 years ago in animal rights organizations for example i was at an animal rights convention because when i started doing this 21 years ago i just wanted to understand so i went to all their conventions i went to their conventions as myself i wrote right on my tag sixth generation livestock producer so they knew i raised animals and i remember a lady in alexandria virginia standing up and saying well i'm looking forward to the day where we get these racist animal owners locked up now Obviously, my mind went to the fact that uh, a lot of animal owners are white. So they're just thinking that that's not what she was talking about. She was talking about that it was a form of racism to breed animals purebred. And that the day was coming that they were going to make sure that if you're continuing to breed purebred animals, you are labeled a racist and that it would be illegal at some point in time. All of that feeds into what we're talking about now with critical race theory and everything else that's taking place. And I saw it 20 years ago in animal rights meetings. Yeah, yeah, that is what it is. And I have been talking about this for years. I've been with Protect the Harvest since 2013. Uh, It wasn't until this year that I actually decided I wanted a new dog for our family and tried to find a purebred dog. And even with my resources and knowing hundreds of different breeders that are great breeders um it was a it was a struggle uh the it's not just animal agriculture it's also the pet breeding industry that has taken a major hit from these groups of people and they're struggling they're struggling to continue their hobby of breeding or business if that's what they're doing commercially um just the, the massive amount of ordinances and regulation that comes through and just most people don't want to deal with the phone calls and people showing up their house and sending them death threats just because they want to breed a couple litters of dogs every year. Yeah, A German Shepherd will always be a German Shepherd, whether you think I'm racist or not. Teresa, we will take a break. We'll be back with more. What is Protect the Harvest doing to protect your property rights after this? Welcome back. Rural route. You've officially been welcomed to the t- Tennessee. Hugh, they locked you out. They didn't want you back in there. <laughs> Dr. Hugh McCampbell, you've officially had the uh, initiation in the Tennessee cattlemen now. Yeah, I uh, I was not aware of this. I was just given a stool sample uh, from a former veterinarian, which is literally a tiny stool in a little stool uh, sample uh, bottle. Uh, you- Tiny Do you remember him saying twice before he left to be discreet? Now you just told like uh, you know twelve people that listen uh, to this program. I'm sorry. And shame on you! I screwed up and I had the Lucas part pretty good, but I didn't say Macahan right. It's Macmahan. Macmahan. Well, and it depends uh, what area of Tennessee you're in. I married into this 
this group of people that uh, apparently had a Hatfield and McCoy issue uh, at some point in their lifetime uh, years and years ago. And uh, part of the group of McMahons are McMahons, and then part of them are McMahons. So it depends who you walk up to with that last name, how they're going to pronounce it. So it's important that I get it right in case the McCoy group, you know, is upset still with the Hatfield group, which still have. By the way, I think there's more Hatfield McCoys now, thanks to the government and division, than ever before. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Do you know what my biggest take home takeaway message from the Arise USA tour was? To get involved in your community, I'm guessing to know who's actually changing things in your community. That's a true story, but I knew that part. Yeah. The biggest awakening for me was that I had contributed myself. 21 years of division through talking about rural versus urban and when we went 20,000 miles 70 days 56 stops 33 states i learned that the challenge is not rural and urban because we we fed we met people from urban america in every one of those 33 states that think like you and i do the challenge is that we have the, the dividers that continue to try to pit one side against the other. And at the end of the day, whether we're talking about pure property rights, whether we're talking about animal rights, whether we're talking about to get the jab or not, whether we trust the government or not, it's not a rural versus urban issue. We need to have Americans versus the, uh, the, the people trying to steal and rob our liberty. And at the end of the day, there's more of us that agree than disagree. And I think it's like 99% to one, and we're letting the one win. Yeah, for sure. There's extremists on both sides of the aisle. Um, and I, even I would consider myself an extreme uh, conservative person. You're not going to change my mind about whether the Constitution should stand. Um, but on the opposite side, um, you have the people that don't believe, it, you know, we should just get rid of the Constitution. Um, but the majority... The, in, the huge majority of our country is somewhere in the middle of that, and they're being swayed by public opinion, by, you know, the media, by what they see on social media and Facebook, and they can easily be swayed for the most part just based on emotion. And that's kind of the problem is that we're working with facts, and the other side, their main tactic is emotion. So somehow we have to get... Um, not only the facts, but the emotional aspect involved in our discussions and our argument in that uh, it's pretty emotional if you don't have food to eat, is all I'm going to say. If you don't have um, something to feed your child, I mean, that kid's going to be emotional, and uh, people just don't seem to understand that. They don't seem to understand how much of a dire issue we're in because the grocery still has food in it, and they don't see just how close we could be to that ending. You and I, I think, are on the same exact page at the real wake-up call that's coming with folks even that are attending the Tennessee cattlemen that produce beef and don't really know how close we are, how fragile the food infrastructure is. That We saw a temporary time where there was not food on the grocery store shelves. It's so close, it's scary. It is, and especially in this area, um, most for the most part this is east tennessee so we didn't really have much happen with covid uh there's people that wear masks but most people were still going to work every day they were still doing whatever they want every day our governor here bill lee um has been a great advocate in following what i consider would be um 
the Constitution, uh, which would be the freedom to assemble and the freedom to still go to work and the freedom to live a normal life. Um, so most of the people in this area have been oblivious to what's happening around the world. They don't understand that there were places a year ago that had grocery shelves that were empty and that were in lines a mile long at, you know, trying to get food at a, at a church or wherever else they could. Um, we didn't have that. And I almost, to some extent, wish we would have had that because in a rural area, we need to know what's going on too. Because if you don't know what's going on, then you're not going to be able to fight this. And if there's cattlemen in here that aren't paying attention to that, why do they think they need to do to get educated or fight this if there's no problem? Sadly, for the last 15 years, I've said and I've seen until our back's against the wall, until our backbone is banging against our belly button, we're not going to get it. Now I know that for 100% fact. Until it directly affects every family, whether you're producing food or you're just a food consumer, they're not. And I think actually that the crash is going to come with the infrastructure and energy production before it comes with food production, which will lead to the shortage of food. That's how I see all of these things playing out. Yeah, I have uh, really been impressed by a guest that you have on every week, uh, J.C. Cole. I've been looking into that uh, side of things for, well, I guess pretty much got woken up to this about a year ago um and hearing him say the same things that i've been researching through history has helped me understand a little bit further into that but the problem comes down to if we do get the public on board and it's after we're hungry the time that it takes to actually fix that infrastructure is going to take a lot longer than um than the two weeks that people can survive without food it's it's not going to be it's not going to be pretty if it actually comes to that jc sent me an email last night and he said trent it's time to get a satellite phone because i have pretty good intel that uh, the internet and all communications are going to break down and i haven't responded to him yet because i got in late and i got a, a million excuses and i will in a little bit but i want to say uh jc if if all phone systems go down and i have a satellite phone who am i going to call you <laughs> because it's not like nobody else is going to have a satellite phone. So like, am I going to call my feed supplier? Is my feed supplier going to have a satellite phone? We can't even imagine things like that. And it's like, oh, my goodness, you guys are drinking the Kool-Aid far too much. But it's real. Yeah, it is. And people think that if you automatically think this way, you're a conspiracy theorist. And I didn't come to these understandings. By listening to conspiracy theorists, I came to it by reading history and by understanding the process of what has happened in the past is the process that we're going through right now. And it's you can just look through, look at it step by step, everything that's continuing. And if you don't listen to what JC says, I listen. I'm just going to recommend that everybody takes what he says to heart. And there's a book that he recommends. Um, I'm trying to think of the lady's name. Uh, you, you, can't, name you, can't, you can't talk about a book he recommends because he recommends like four every well, week, and I can't keep up. <laughs> there's one in particular. Uh, the last name of the lady is Deo, D-E-Y-O. You can find it on the place that Trent doesn't like people to purchase <laughs> things. Or you can find it on their own website. Um, the, I, it's, I don't know her name, but uh, her husband's name is Stan Deo. Uh, he has this website. You can purchase it on there. But it is literally an encyclopedia for what to do if, if, if 
communication breaks down. When technology fails. Yeah, no, it's not when technology fails. This is a, it is like a, it's almost like the Bible of how to self-sufficient yourself. Uh, If you don't have water filters, how do you clean your water? If you don't know how to farm, how do you farm? Um, if you don't have shelter, how do you build shelter? It is, it is anything you can imagine is in this book. Yeah. The minute you leave me, it'll hit me. Yeah. But we'll, we'll address that later. Um, I've got one minute left in this segment. I find it kind of ironic that helicopter is flying over us. The last time I heard a helicopter fly over me was in Martinsville, Indiana, and a guy got out of the helicopter who I was very proud to recognize in front of a group. His name is Forrest Lucas. He has accomplished so much for everybody not only in animal agriculture, but in property rights and trucking, in the oil business. And I just want people to appreciate what it is that he's dedicated a big chunk of his life to. Yeah, he did not need to get involved in Protect the Harvest. He didn't have to start this. He could have minded his own business um, and just kept trucking away in the trucking business and in Lucas Oil. Um, but he saw this as something that is imperative Um just from going and traveling in Europe and Asia uh, while doing business deals, pretty much, uh, he saw what was happening to their agriculture industry. And slowly and surely, he saw that happening over here. And nobody's fighting back. Nobody fought back in Europe about this. And now they have a food system that is, you know, on the verge of breakdown and also very very expensive compared to our food system i mean we have one of the i mean there in no other place in the world can you go buy a hamburger for a dollar <laughs> that's and like really that's just not possible um if you take a look at what's going on in venezuela right now it's insanity you just can't like even $20. buy one no matter how many dollars yeah. you have by the way Teresa, everyone who's interested in what she's talking about and what we're working on go to protecttheharvest.com we'll take a break i'm gonna have andrew come in here when we get done with this leg of the journey roll route on a red shirt friday or blue you Teresa. more after this Welcome back, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Continuing with the Red Shirt Friday Rural Route, thank you to Teresa for setting in in the first half. I wanted to share this. This is actually from across the pond earlier today, but it just was too good not to share with Andrew Henderson from the U.K., very, very, very sorry about yesterday. I was carving a limousine that was breached in a cow, and I lost track of time. And my hands are smacked. Anyway. There you uh, go. Uh, could I could I clarify that in real English? You were calving, you were not carving. Calving, calving. Yeah, I was calving. Okay, it's not calving like a good carving. time. Calving a cow. It's, it sounded like you said you were carving, which would mean no. you're getting ready to eat it. You were helping. I was ca- calving. I was assisting with calving. Uh, not Kevin, yeah. calving a cow, and um, uh, and uh, as calving calving a cow, uh, that the farmer's uh, Holstein Friesian was breached with one of these dopey limousines that doesn't want to live. Um, and uh, if you've ever know that breed, they sometimes they seem to have this thing against breathing, but we managed to make it breathe and it's alive. But there you go. Okay, you're being too hard on these. Well, you can't blame the limousine cattle across the board that way. At one time, Kelly and I had you 300 can't. limousine cows. We know about uh, raising well, limousine cattle. 
I think it has to do with what you breed it with as well. It's sort of um, dopey versus dopey two makes dopey five. But anyway, there you go. So it was not even a purebred limousine? No, it was out of Frisian Holstein. You're not listening, Trent. You're not listening. Well, I thought you had a, a, a like a recip cow that you were trying to get an embryo calf out of. Who would breed no, a, no, no, a Holstein this is a, to a limousine? This is this is a dairy cow that yeah. has a, 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 a Holstein. It was a Holstein, uh, sorry, a, a cross, a limo uh, Frisian cross bull uh, for meat production, which is, starts me off on my, my subject of the day. Well, let me let me follow up. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Before you charge down that path, Alan just chimed in. I want Alan to weigh in on this. I believe (laughs) in the United States currently, sixty-five percent of the dairy females are bred to beef animals, i.e., maybe limousine, uh, and they do not plan to stay in the beef herd whatsoever. They use uh, sexed semen to generate the females to replace the cow herd. But that's been the biggest shift in the dairy industry, probably globally, is breeding those dairy cows to beef bulls just simply for the meat factor. That's right. That's the same here. That's Couldn't agree more. But anyway, I have to tell you that there's been a seismic change in my diet over the last 24 hours. Seismic? Well, well I, I know I, you I, were I, carving a limousine, so I assume you're eating more beef. No, exactly the opposite. <laughs> Exactly the opposite, because... That's that's your fault. Well, no, it's not. Sometimes you have to do things to allow yourself to stay alive. I haven't got the the Second Amendment, or whatever you call it, to carry a a weapon to secure my future. So you have to use the other weapons that are available in the toolkit. So, as you know, our government is going through the same thing as Beijing Biden, which is to try and stop anybody... Uh, doing anything without a vaccine passport so that eventually they can stop your money flow so that right. if you support the right wing, if you're if you're right of centre in your politics, they can basically do what happened on this day in 1937 in Russia, where they rounded 268,000 capitalists up and shot 76,000 of them dead. OK, quite Is sobering, this- eh? Was this the day after the human chain and Lafia protesting the Soviets where they had three million people standing in a human chain? I've no idea. I um, think and it you was. probably Well, what I'm saying is that things are getting very serious here because our mm-hmm. government we now find that they've been planning these um vaccine passports. It has nothing to do with passing COVID nineteen from person to person because it's very obvious from talking to people all over. I know more p- people who are coming down with COVID than I've ever known before at the moment. And and most of them are double vaccinated. So it's absolutely nothing to do with whether people have been vaccinated or not. This is to do with control. So anyway, I rang a lawyer up, a friend of mine. Well, the, none of them are ever friends, lawyers, you know that. And know they, that. They, they, they basically smile at you and then open your checkbook without you noticing. This lawyer said to me, I said, look, I'm a bit worried. I've paid for my season ticket to go and watch my favorite team. And I'm hearing that the team hasn't done this yet, but I'm hearing that one or two teams, especially in London, are now insisting on these COVID passports. And I said, "Um, what, what, if any action can I take to make sure I can go and watch my beloved team? And I kid you not, 
he said, you just have to declare you're a vegan. What? Look at your face. Look at your face. What? That was, a, that was, yeah, you just have to declare you're a vegan. So I'm, I'm on a diet just to make sure, sure people believe me. But anyway, um, you, you, you have would to put dec- your, what, time out. You would put yourself on a path of starvation and depredation in order to go watch a team <laughs> that don't give two shinolas about you? Well, first of all, it's not the team that's making the decision. It's the government. They're saying uh, that we can't go. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. Listen, listen. Mm. No, no. You're not in the UK. You're in the Nebraska, and you've no, got your big friend. I, I don't, Pete. I, your ownership is the same as the people who own. No, 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 uh, no. Major See, again, professional sports you're assuming. Once again, you're assuming, and you're wrong. It's actually the Premier League who have agreed to uh, go along with what the government's asking. Well, they say they're going to go along with the government's asking, but it's already fraught with serious dangers. But I kid you not, I am going to lie, everybody. I am going to lie so I can go and see my favourite team. What's really interesting, though, is I don't think it's ever going to come to that because I think the players are already revolting as well. Um, But it just shows you we live in a very, very strange time at the moment. All of the major governments all over the world are banging Beijing Biden's drum. And it is extremely disconcerting because everybody can now see it for what it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when even when our own prime minister, you know, we know it can't be anything to do with the transfer of the disease. I don't know whether, you know, yesterday Israel have now announced they're going to jab people for a third time. No. Um, Yeah. Starting on Sunday. And do you know what's strange about this? The jab. Well, how come how come this jab all of a sudden is ready? You know, really, there's some very sinister stuff going on here. And And furthermore, at what point do people not just wake up and say, wait a minute, I've had two of these jabs. What's the third one going to do for me? Wouldn't people finally start say that's enough already? Well, you'd think so. But Trent, I have to say, you know, you've got a number of states that are playing the same game. You've got you've got you've got uh, you've got. Wuhan Fauci, right, telling mm-hmm. everybody that's double vaccinated to wear a mask at home now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not obviously not protecting people them against people who they say are unvaccinated. It's just, it's just, you know, it's it's just it's just rectal sphincter brown stuff, isn't it? Let's be honest. It rectal really is sphincter brown stuff. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we can say that on radio, can't we? Oh yeah, we can. Bovine rectal sphincter brown stuff. Oh, that's okay. what I'll say now then. Yeah. How um, about this bovine fecal matter? That works too. No, 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 no. It has to be rectal sphincter because surely when you're actually thinking about this, you tense a bit, don't you? It's getting absolutely unbelievably funny. But yeah. people, because they're, they've had the jab, it, it's almost like a truth drug. They, they believe anything they're told. Yeah. And that's the really concerning thing. You know, I, you've got this January. This I've got to go on to this because it's really I'm watching this and I'm going. OK, before you go to January 6th, I, oh, I want to go. Right. I want to go back to something that Stacey Bowman asked the question of that. I just assumed I knew the answer, but we should not assume, as you've already told me here today. If you declare you're a vegan, which, yeah. by the way, 
Number one, why would anybody declare they're vegan to do anything? Number two, how are they going to verify you're vegan? And number three, why does vegan get you into whatever? I assume it's because they're trying to cobble up some bovine fecal matter about you being earth friendly. None of those reasons, actually. It's because the <laughs> vaccine has animal products in it. So there you go. It's because uh, the the vaccine has animal products in it, in its ingredients. It actually has human products in it. It's got human, yeah, human fetal tissue, I believe. Right. Um, but but, but I'm, I, I am saying that, it, it, by the way, I'm. I might only be a vegan for a day. Doesn't I don't have to specify how long I'm going to be a vegan, do I? You Maybe might as a well couple be of a hours. Fishing if you're this fickle. Take a stand. Don't tell anybody. No, 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 no. Wait That's a minute. That's another Wait religion that you don't want to be a part of. <laughs> listen, I, listen. You always you're so principled, and I admire you for it. But at the end of the day, I like beating the establishment at their own fetal rectal bovine. Brown that, stuff that, ideas. That just, that just rolls off and, your song so well. <laughs> I'm trying to keep us online. But <laughs> going to the next load of whatever it is, brown stuff, rectal, bovine, fetal matter, you've got, right, loads of people in jail. Nobody's been convicted of any w weapons being at the, at the Capitol uh, during January the 6th. And two, one guy, Matt Getz, who everybody's been telling me is going to be in prison for years, who's never can't it actually now tries to get into prison and he can't even get in. And that's the other thing. It just shows you how unbelievably corrupt your country is at the moment. People can't even be visited in jail by congressmen to see that their conditions are okay. All right, Andrew, I need to break in. We'll pick it up right there when we come back with more Red Shirt Friday Rural Route and continue to talk about this from the Tennessee Cattlemen's event. I want to remind you, though, about Certified Piedmontese. That is a program that continues to flourish, continues to move strong because of the demand, because the people truly trust the entity behind the operation. And that is you and I, the producer. Lone Creek Cattle Company has established a system for Great Plains producers. That's why it's called Great Plains Beef Company. The parent name, Lone Creek Cattle Company, and they put together the branded beef program called Certified Piedmontese. See, the, the work done at the U.S. Meat Animal Research Center says that the Piedmontese cattle possess two copies of the myostatin gene. That means that the gene for tenderness is present every single time, and the tenderness of the beef is very noticeable. If you've ever had particularly two-copy, you'll know what I'm talking about. Most importantly here, what I'm talking about is you, the cattlemen, need to be rewarded for the quality of beef that is produced. We can no longer let these packer margins be where they are. You need to seek an avenue that rewards you properly. And that's what Lone Creek has put in place. Marlon Will has full details about the Piedmontese breed, the calving ease, the overall performance, the health. It all adds, adds up to more money in your bank account to pay those bills. Mostly government bills. Too much of it. LoneCreekCattleCo.com Welcome back, everyone. I'm Trent Luce into our fourth segment here with Andrew Henderson. Yeah. My goodness. You're, and, and, you're, the, and you've got... you're absolutely right on this topic. It's now August, and these people are still yeah. in prison. And I don't know how yeah. many. Maybe you know exactly how many. For no reason whatsoever, due process actually means something. Either move on with it or get them out. And every legislator who's worth their salt 
no matter what their dietary consumption is, should be demanding these people are released. Well, the, the, I heard, to, I, I've looked into this, and apparently the concern is like um, happened in Houston, uh, where there was 18 people arrested, and it turned out 12 of them were FBI. Um, mm -hmm. Whilst um, Pelosi's crony January the 6th only Democrat or rhino conference is going on. She doesn't want people to find out the actual truth of what happened January the 6th, that yeah. it was infiltrated by your secret services. And why on earth the American people aren't used to talk about me demanding stuff? Why are Americans not demanding all of the video footage of what happened on that day, which is 12,000 hours, I believe, is given to the lawyers involved for them to investigate this properly? It is the biggest cover-up you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, and again, those those people who've jabbed in their arms, they seem to think, oh, yeah, that's fine. You know, yeah, we won't look into that but because we might find something we don't like. And that's not good, is it? No, no, it isn't mm -hmm. Beijing Biden. It certainly isn't. I mean, what are we all doing here? We are becoming the most complicit species on Earth. It is just mind-blowing what people are accepting at the moment. Yeah. I agree. By the way, Stacy brings up something I want to explore more. Go on. Uh, there's no such thing as being a vegan because you cannot live in today's society without the use of animal products at some level, whether you consume them or not. But if you do choose not to consume animal products, you kill three times more animals than if you would just eat them because an Oregon State study called the Least Harm Principle proved that increasing the crop production to meet the needs nutritionally of vegans kills more animals in the production of crops. So stop being stupid and eat what God intended for you to eat, a well-balanced diet. Right. What, what, what two words I'm going to tell lies did you not hear? I wasn't speaking to you. Okay, good. I was, I was speaking to all I'm, the vegans who never listened to us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you never know. You never, never know. And you, you, you might have converted a few. We might have converted a few. Uh, uh, you know, it is when when you look at that being an excuse for something, that tells you your world is broken. Yeah. Absolutely tells you 100%. We live in a broken society at the moment. In Ooh, fact, yeah. You know, it really is. When a lawyer tells me that's my course of action, I think, goodness me. And, mm -hmm. you know, the other thing is when somebody's telling you to mandatory take a jab and then on the same breath say, well, uh, uh, am I insured for that? Um, if anything happens to me, will my family be paid out because, the, the you know, because compensation from the, the drug company that produced? No, 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 no. no they're, still, they're still in level two experiment. There's two more levels to go. What do you mean? Well, the research on these jobs hasn't been finished, but don't be worried. It's only the biggest level of death rate ever recorded for a vaccination so far in 11 months. But nothing to be worried about there. Nothing at all. Over 10,000 people have died in the US and nearly 2000 people have died in the UK. Just two countries as an example there. But nothing to worry about. If you, know, if you die, you die. Your number's up. Anyway, I wonder I wonder how many people got the first jab and they feel like. I just don't feel good. I better get the other jab just so that I feel better. <laughs> it's happening. Well, maybe in it, why, why are you laughing? Well, maybe, it's happening. Well, maybe maybe in Israel, they're thinking, well, I, the, yeah. I felt a little bit better after the second one. If I have the third one, I'll either, you know, this numbness will go or I won't know anything's happening to me. I, I don't I, know. I think after I the third know. jab, you'll never experience pain again. Or permanently, <laughs> one of the two.
But it's not funny, though, is it? It is I mean, funny. Could if you... people are going to continue to be this stupid, then we're going to sit here and laugh at them. Well, I'm not going to laugh at them. You, you know, are, because... No, I'm laughing at the government. The evidence is right in front of them, and, and people choose to walk away from it. You can only hold their hands so long. Well, I get that, but, you, you know, I've got family and people that I love involved in this, so I... I I, I am so, you know, at the end of the day, some of the stuff that I'm telling you, I have to really dig to find the truth. It is not easy to find the truth here, Trent, uh, especially in the United Kingdom. None of our mainstream media are covering this. And that, you have to understand that you, you, you're calling people idiots here when some people do actually trust the people that they have elected. And that's the look. They're in, you make my point. But anyway... Um, we, we, the more that we hear, the more I think the truth is coming out, the more I think we are heading for some form of um, uh, upside down word. I, I, I think the world is going to switch very quickly. I don't know when, but soon people are going to smell this coffee and go, wow, we need to do something. And I mean, really yeah, I do agree. something, you know, that, 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 um, that's that's the hope I've got. And as I say, it's a lovely uh, it, it's it's been lovely weather here. Um, there's been weird weather all over the world, as you know, it's been reported everywhere. And I'm beginning to think, well, I wonder what the next three or four weeks are going to entail, because I heard something today. And I'm going to tell you, leave you with this. I've just been to a farm and the farmer has had both vaccinations. And he said, have you heard about North Staff's hospital? And I said, no. Why? What's happening there? He said, they're inundated with people who are contracting COVID. And I said, oh, wow, that's bad news. He said, yeah, but the problem is they're all double vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think it gets out if it's not true. You know, that's because most people are double vaccinated in the UK. So they're not wanting to hear that. That is if that's getting out, it's very highly likely to be true. We know that it's true. There is no question whether it's true. Yeah, but it, yeah, but you're saying there's no question where it's true. The number that you might know that that's probably going to happen. What I'm saying is it's now, it's now there for everybody to see. So mm -hmm. you expect the medical professionals to start calling this out, don't you? When you start well, to hear uh, stuff like well, this now, I, I have to tell you that Fogarty people like Dr. Ted Fogarty have been calling it out for quite some time, but people just want to censor them instead of listen to them. Yeah, but they're not the majority. I'm I'm saying that I think the majority will start to call it out. Yeah, well, I, I, hope so. I, I well, they're, they're uh, going to have to. They're going to have to, or else they're going to well, they're going to they use. See you know. they, they see it. I, I I keep coming back to a Karen, one person I met, who's a home health nurse, and she was telling me the, the it wasn't what she was saying, Andrew. It was the look in her eye when she was telling me about the the clients that she works with in home who have fallen prey to the jab and what they are experiencing after they've done that. It's a look in her eye that just was, she was just scared to death for the people that she loves and cares for. But, but Trent, you must admit this, that there comes a point when all of these physicians, all of these nurses will be talking to each other. There must mm -hmm. come a point very, very soon when the game's up. Yeah. I, I, agree. I think we're, I, I, I just I think don't give anybody a free pass because they don't accept personal responsibility for their own health. 
Well, I, I, you know, we have to agree to, we have to agree to disagree. The, 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 the censorship that we've seen in this country, I've never mm. seen the likes of it ever in my life. And I know it's happening. And one of the reasons I know it's happening is because I converse with you every day and I see what's happening in America. Do you know that most people in the United Kingdom do not know that you have now banned the PCR test? They don't know that. No, I, I don't know. That. No. I don't. I don't and, know. And, people in the United States don't know that. Well, that's really quite serious because that's the whole the whole pandemic's been built on positive cases from the PCR test, mm. and now we find it's only nine percent accurate, and the common cold comes up as COVID. Andrew, Think about the billions that's cost. I, I continue to tell you that if you listen to Fogarty, he tells you that the, this whole deal was built from the same virus as the common cold. It is the common cold, so it's naturally going to test positive on the PCR test. I know you continue to tell it, but unfortunately, Mr. Fogarty, who I admire very much, is not standing and telling 7 billion people this. He might have told maybe 2 million, but that's not 7 billion. The rest of them are getting doctors telling them the complete opposite. Yeah, well, he's not the only one. There's been a plethora of people, but people have been choosing to ignore them. That's my point. Hey, before you run off, you failed to ask me where I'm at today. Where are you at today, Trent? Oh, thanks for asking, Andrew. I'm well, in... well, you don't know where I am. You don't ask me where I am either. So, go on. Where yeah, am I today, yeah. then? I know you're in England. Thanks for asking me. Thanks for asking me. <laughs> I'm at the Tennessee. I'm looking at the Smoky Mountains right there, which looks smoky at the moment. And thoughts and prayers for those friends and family dealing with fires in eastern Oregon and northern California and other places around the U.S. that are extremely severe. Sevierville is exactly where I'm at in Tennessee. The Tennessee Cattlemen kickoff today. My buddy, Dr. Frank Mitlerner, is up. He's speaking in oh! one hour from right now. Well, he, and I, and he, he speaks tomorrow. about bovine rectal uh, fetal gas. He does. He's good on that subject. He Can is. you give him my regards? Can you give him my regards and say we want him on on an interview very soon? Because uh, all right. okay. I want him. I want him to create the biggest fart ever to go over your parliament and blow it away, and leave a nice stench with it. All right. With that, I have to say thank you, Andrew, as always, for that stench. And Dr. Frank Mitlerner is one of the presenters here. Speaking of emissions, Dr. Frank Mitlerner from the University of California, Davis, has been looking at these emissions for a long time. He presents the fact that, you know, we, we, we have people trying to demonize greenhouse gases. Every greenhouse gas, nitric oxide, carbon dioxide, methane, they all really have a purpose and, and too many times we, we lose sight of what their real purpose is and we let somebody just completely demonize them. We can't do that any longer, folks. We have to truly educate people about science if we're going to make a difference. At the end of the day, it's hardcore education. Recognizing nobody truly wants to be educated. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Teresa, Lucas, McKinnon. And uh, we have successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. All three of us remind you that all roads do lead to a roll route. Cows are not destroying the environment. Pigs are not polluting the water. With many people on social media spreading lies about what we do in agriculture, I had to stand up. I had to stand up and tell our story. I had to try to educate people about how farmers and ranchers take care of not just animals, but the land, water, and resources that we need to raise the animals. 
I had to tell them how we work with veterinarians and nutritionists and meat scientists to develop the best-tasting, healthiest meat you can find. If you join 4-H, you too can learn about the science and technology of agriculture. You will also learn how to speak up for what you believe. Being a leader means standing up for all that matters. Learn more about the Nebraska Extension 4-H Youth Development Program at 4-h.unl.edu.